Hi folks, I'm Alan Water and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 16th of November 2012. For newcomers, as always, I suggest you make good use of CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com because there's lots of information that this over a period of years, in fact, for free downloads, lots of audios, and you'll start to understand the system you're born into, how you've been lied to your whole life, how your parents were too, of course, and I call it the art of conology. We're all conned uh, and treated like children from our birth right through to our deaths, most of us, and people never ever catch on to the big picture of what's running their world or the techniques that are used on them even, and uh, because the parents can't warn them, they don't know, then the child grows up thinking everything is quite normal and natural and accepts it. And it's a very simple technique. However, lots of energy, money, and think tanks go into managing every part of your life and society and the future too, always planning the future because there's a definite end to the, the game that they have at the top there. They know exactly where they're going with all of this under various guises and various cons, of course. Remember, too, you're the audience that bring me to you. You can help me keep going by buying the books and discs at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. And from the U.S. to Canada, you can still use personal checks or international postal money orders, or you can use PayPal or send cash. Cross the world, Western Union MoneyGram and PayPal. And straight donations are really, really awfully welcome. Now, I don't, I don't really dress up the truth. I think it's palatable to people. You either accept it or you don't. It's not nice. It's not pleasant to, to realize you've been fooled and conned. And even worse, things have happened to you too with all your inoculations and so on and the poisoned food you're given uh, by the big boys themselves who've taken over the whole market for the planet for food. But uh, you're in a world of eugenics, you understand, and they've planned the future. And they don't plan to have a lot of us around or genetic offspring from a lot of people too. And that's what really is going on big time right now. And a new market's coming in, a new global economy. Uh, this is the next phase of the global economy, and uh, it's going to change everyone's life. It's called the Great Transition. And literally, you'll live for the economy, and you'll work for the economy. That's your purpose. That's the only purpose that you have. But you'll also pay for the privilege of being alive big time. Lots of payments come with that, carbon taxes and so on. So you understand you're living through a planned society. I've gone through the history of the agencies that got together, and they're all fronts, mind you, for something else. But they're all, they've all come out and written their books about their big goals for the world as far back as the early 1900s, even some before. And you're really living through it today. These big foundations, for instance, tax-free exempt foundations, they have uh, thousands and thousands of NGOs that demand changes to laws, all in accordance with the United Nations, which the big boys also set up and own, and uh, to do with, uh, you know, equalization across the planet and all this sort of quality sort of nonsense. That's the con of it all. But you're going to get terrible things happening shortly, and uh, as you speed up, into the next part of, as I say, the, the age of transition. This is it today. The 21st century is the century that all of their big, long-standing plans have to be fulfilled completely. 
This is the century of change, as they call it. That's why Obama first went on and, and promoted uh, change is good. He never explained what change, and the, dumb, the dummies never asked him what change he meant. But, of course, that's what he was referring to for those in the know. This is the big world society, run on a big communist basis, basically, with the same people who ran communism, by the way, in the Soviet Union and elsewhere, and also with a fascist lead on top, because um, this one and the same thing at the very top, you understand. So help yourself to the audios, as I say, and buy the books and discs, and you can also donate, and hopefully I can keep going for a little while longer. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt, we're back cutting through the matrix and talking about conology is a great art really to study because it's used on all of us from, as I say, the time that we're born. Your parents initially indoctrinate you because they've been indoctrinated themselves. Schools take over. Children's books have all the political correct updates in them too. Uh, you know that novelists get paid money by governments to, to make sure that all the PC stuff to do with uh, global warming, all that kind of thing, is put into the books. They get lots of cash for that. That's how you're conditioned. Never dawns on you being brainwashed at an early age. And why should you think even that you're getting brainwashed? Aren't adults all nice, honest people? And then you grow up and find out, no, they're not at all. And it's even worse than you thought, because at the top you have all these thousands of think tanks and, and uh, psychologists and neuroscientists all working on you and everybody else you know, across the world, mind you. All languages, all peoples, to bring in the standardized global system. The, where, a, where a planet, basically, is going to be run by those who believe they have the right to run it, the, actually the, the cause to run it and the right to run it and actually the destiny to run it. And, um, and they're going to do so the way they see fit to suit themselves. But meanwhile, they must con all of you to go along with it. Most of you do because you don't know you're being conned. Remember that the whole idea of climate change came out uh, first uh, with the idea of uh, the coming ice age. I've gone, I've done articles about this going through back now years ago. You go into the archive section at cuttingthroughthematrix.com and listen to them because I, I quoted from the different books and papers that came out at the time in the 60s because all the big boys put their thing on, on climate change would get colder and they were wrong so they had to change it and uh, the Club of Rome came up with that idea in the 70s and simply put it into global warming because they were given the agenda to, to find a reason to fit the bill, as he said, uh, as an excuse to bring the whole world under their dominion. And uh, they came up with global warming and said that would fit the bill. But it doesn't matter anyway, because all the wars that's going on right now, too, are all part of this big war on all of us across the whole planet to, to bring in this new socialist-type system. It's, it's beyond Soviet, you understand. This is super-Soviet system. Where the, the sciences, you see, in the, in the Soviet system, the sciences were supposed to overtake religions and become gods themselves and, and mandates from gods. And that's how they were treated. They were talking about this in the 1700s, even bringing this system in. All silly superstitions were to be eliminated, and science, when logic and intelligent folk would run the world, professional people, and run it the way it was supposed to be run. Of course, we're all into eugenics at the top. 
and they claim that they are the best and fittest to rule it because they're incredibly stinking rich and they only marry amongst the stinking rich and therefore that, that's, that's their, their, their proof that they are the ones fittest to survive and run all the rest of us who are paying a lot of money to keep these stinking rich people in the position they're in. But anyway, chronology is used to make it seem all different, you see. It's for your, your, your goods that they're going to do all this, and for the planet's good too that they're going to do all this. And most folk don't even wonder why all the biggest international corporations that do mining and everything else are all on board with the greening agenda. And they'll all profit from it too. They're already profiting it, not just from carbon taxes that they trade amongst themselves, but they're also profiting from all the, the money that's given by your governments to them to find green ways of doing business. Billions and billions of dollars that they spend happily on themselves. But chronology runs the day, as I say. Everything is chronology. You can't watch entertainment today without being conned because there's messages implanted in it. And all of them, everything, everything, from your news to, 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 to even your comedies, everything has got messages implanted in them to make you accept things that perhaps you shouldn't. Now, He's an article of chronology here, and it says Homeland Security spends millions of dollars for biosurveillance of social networks. Biosurveillance, right? Now, we know darn well that, that they want to, and they have been monitoring everything we see and do and think, in, in fact, because they have personality profiles on every single individual on the planet now that's got a computer or a means of entering the net. And the Pentagon, I've read the article before, where the Pentagon actually had a virtual world with everybody in it that they've got on the net. And they keep adding to your personality profile, they have a little virtual you, and even play war games on you to see how you'll react in certain situations. And they say it's pretty effective, it's pretty 100% dead on, how you would really act in, in, in the situation in real life. But listen to this article here, it says, the U.S. Department of Home Security has signed a multi-million dollar contract with a global management consulting firm to boost the country's attempt to master biosurveillance using social networks. Isn't that an easy way to, to, to say we're, going to, we're monitoring all your social networks? It's really for, we're going to see if you have a sniffle and maybe have a cold and we'll find out who you're spreading it to. And so it's nonsense like that. Utter, utter tripe. It shouldn't, children shouldn't even fall for this rubbish. This is Virginia-based Accenture, of course with the CIA's federal services, will receive $3 million in federal funds to spend during the next year as they assist with efforts from the Department of Homeland Security and the Office of Health Affairs to improve the health, the United States' ability to track health trends and potential pandemics by means of monitoring social media accounts and other online activity. Well, it's a good cause, isn't it? Why should we have laws about them monitoring everything? It's a good cause. It's to make sure you're healthy, right? According to a statement from the company, Accenter will be working hand-in-hand with the OHA in order to test a pilot program that hopes to manage, link, and analyze crucial data submitted by individuals about diseases and perhaps even a biological attack by pulling feeds from social networks. This biosurveillance is the monitoring of public health trends and unusual occurrences relying on pre-existing real-time health data, data that's publicly available and easily obtained, says Joanna Vito. Can you, can you get access to everybody's forums and so on instantaneously in a supercomputer? 
This is because of the vast amounts of data and information available and readily shared through social media. It says um, Facebook, Twitter, blogs and so on. And the rapid pace for mention is shared, it says. Uh, and understanding information from these channels is critical. It's no secret that government has used social media to analyze domestic trends earlier. But this could be the first time the DHS is determined to try and keep track of science. Oh, well, science and you know, that, that new religion. Monitoring user inputted data to map out and make sense of certain statistics. In theory, social media analytics would have shown timely indicators for multiple past biological and health-related events, says John Machetti. What well, name, eh? Machetti. Uh, Accenture Managing Director. I wonder if he do the cutting there with his budget time. He'll do the cuts. He said, Managing Director for the U.S. Public Safety tells NextGov. I like that name, NextGov. Earlier this year, an independent team of researchers from the University of Rochester in uh, western New York State analyzed millions of GPS-tagged tweets from over 600,000 residents of the Big Apple to see how disease traffic could be captured and comprehended using algorithms. And they go through all this this big, big spiel, but uh, if you have a, a sniffle, they'll find out who else mentions sniffle on the networks, and they can get it all together and start locating where it's going to spread and all the rest of it, little sniffles, you know. And I guess they'd run out and give you a flu shot or something. But as I say, too, it's quite interesting to, when you see who's all involved in, in this kind of thing. And uh, the characters uh, that were actually um, involved in other things, well, nasty things that happened. Big corporations that, that got in the stink before for for nasty, nasty things, as I say. Um and as I say, you can research that out for yourself. See who's at the top of this, the top of the tree, who's managing all of this company. It's amazing how crooks never die away. They just get moved on to something else and change their name. It's so easy to do, isn't it, for the big boys? And then the United Nations, I've mentioned before, they've got this massive blitz on right now where, where they've gone on about um, having to spread contraception across the whole planet. And it says contraceptives and depopulation will save the global economy $5.7 billion, it says. And it says according to the UN Population Fund, which is actually Population Reduction Annual Report, family planning, as population control, is a human rights and therefore under jurisdiction of the United Nations to be dispensed throughout the world. Who voted for the United Nations? See, you all take things for granted, don't you? Because you hear it all the time. So it's some kind of official thing that, that, that was there, like some prehistoric monster. And you accept it without thinking, well, who, who put the, do you get, do you get vote on any of this stuff? Do you know the people who work in there? What are their agendas? Anyway, it says the UNFPF says family planning has a positive multiplier effect on the development. Not only does the ability for a couple to choose when and how many children to have, uh, uh, help lift nations out of poverty, but it's also one of the most effective means of empowering women. They always use empowering women and get women on board with it. Women who use contraception are generally healthier, better educated, more empowered in their households and communities, and more economically productive. Women's increased labor force participation boosts nations' economies, which it means really is it's more tax money for the governments that rule over body. By declaring that legal, it says cultural and financial barriers are uh, impeding on women's rights by keeping contraceptives and designated family planning programs as abortion from being accessed by women on a global scale. So the United Nations has taken it upon themselves to impose this eugenics agenda under the cover of a fundamental human right and seek to preserve that right above independent sovereign nations' laws. 
the United Nations Secretary Ban Ki-moon asserts that contraceptives need to be accessed by teenage girls or younger to prevent unintended pregnancies, unsafe abortions and sexually transmitted infections. Ban says that 16 million adolescent girls become mothers every year and every day more than 2,000 young people contract HIV. We have a collective responsibility, we're about the collectivism again, to drive these numbers down. Mind you, all they get is, mind you, the, the UN makes sure they all have the little smartphones and stuff, and they can listen to all the Western music, and they can uh, copy all the movies, and, and all the promiscuity that's getting pushed all over the place. Ban said that the international community must take this challenge to provide abortion services and contraceptives to children, because we cannot um, ignore the facts. Many young people are sexually active. This guy's a genius, eh? They may face risks to their health, including sexual violence. <gasps> the UNPF report states that by 2020, 3 million fewer babies would be born if their efforts to control pregnancies through contraceptives were successful. So is it for depopulation or is it to help women? What is it? Help sounds better, eh? Which one are you going to go with? Back with more after this. Back, we're cutting through the matrix, talking about the depopulation agenda under many guises, of course. But since in 2011, the United Nations announced that the family planning secured by a steady supply of contraceptives is a national priority for saving women's lives. And next is population stabilization. These are all links, by the way. I'll put them up at night at uh, cuttingthroughmedics.com. The true meaning behind family planning is evident in the World Bank and the United Nations Population Fund's push against sovereign nations to reduce their populations by rule of the global consensus, which dictates human rights policy by deeming some fit to live and others not. Based on the Rockefeller Commission report, the link is here as well, population stabilization is an endeavor worth pursuing, although its success would take decades because of the high incidence of reproduction by marriage. (sighs) However, with the destruction of the family, this problem could be solved. Furthermore, the stabilization of the global population would reallocate resources to be better spent in terms of quality versus quantity. Concluding that the best way to achieve population stabilization is to coerce the nation's citizens that they freely choose abortion and not having a child at all is part of an acceptable societal norm. By way of implementation of social barriers and cultural pressures, the average citizen would, would rather go with the flow and choose not to procreate for the sake of being part of the herd. Simultaneously, by reforming the acceptable amount of children born into a married household, the impact of population growth would seem to be natural, and trends would take care of societal conformity. Those who had more children would be shunned. Now they'll get fined as well. Increasing our access to abortion clinics with the inception and popularity of Planned Parenthood, you know, the ones who want to start diddling children as well and abolish any age of consent, along with the United Nations, I read it last week, remember, from the United Nations and Planned Parenthood sites. They would give unacceptable pregnancies a viable solution. This would distract and control another baby boom from occurring. Using images on television, film and print media controls the ideals of the modern family to fit the model of a population stabilized by no longer being played with runaway births, but focusing on the example of small families is the best way to go. The United Nations Population Fund also reports uh, uh, states that 
overpopulation is a drastically negative cost to the world's economy, evidenced by the 0.5.7 billion that could be saved should less people be alive to necessitate the cost of living, as well as a significant drop in poverty levels and need for medical care. Therefore, by providing the 222 million women around the world with contraceptive services, there will be less babies being born after a generation or two, wherein significant population reduction would be obvious. See, it saves cash, you see, just reduce the population. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reported recently that 2011 had the lowest birth rates on record. That's not good enough, remember. Across the board, infiltrating all races in the U.S., fewer children are being born. Since 2007, 4.3 million Americans had fewer babies, either due to the economy or social credo. And it's, it's really interesting, too, that they keep hyping on about too many people, to, and it's been plummeting for years in all the countries. And that's why they say that they're bringing in mass immigration, is to make sure there's enough people to pay off the national debts. I'm not kidding, that's been in national papers. To ensure a drastic reduction in pregnancies, the United Nations Population Fund must raise $4.1 billion annually to provide contraceptives to every woman in developing nations to stabilize their populations. In the 1970s, the United Kingdom, World Bank and the United States combined efforts to organize a mass sterilization campaign which used foreign aid to fund their efforts. The champion eugenicist Melinda Gates, co-founder of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, believes she can prevent 40% of people who would otherwise have been born, uh, thereby justifying family planning as a scheme to make women healthier, who have families are more successful uh, and their communities are more prosperous if you don't have children, in other words. And in classifying pregnancies manifesting uncontrollably in underdeveloped nations as unwanted Gates is focusing on eventually eliminating this number to reduce the world's population. Africa, a big focus for the BMGF, is being targeted along with Muslim nations. Gates has partnered with drug corporations like Shanghai Duhai Pharmaceuticals in China to develop uh, implantable fertility controls that will be used in over 20 developing countries to curb population growth. And pharmaceutical giant Merck announced in a formal statement that they will donate $25 million over an eight-year period as a Merck for Mothers. Oh, isn't that sound nice, eh? Merck for Mothers. Campaign in line with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation depopulation agenda. Both Merck and Gates have outlined a plan that focuses on three key areas. One is using propaganda in the mainstream media to gain public support for reducing the world's population. That's terrifying. You Oh, look, at there's too many people. They always show you the same cities in India. They've done that my whole life. They always show the same city. Employ drug and private sector corporations to ensure family planning resources can be utilized in underdeveloped nations. And coerce governments, corporations and civil society to support the scheme, the social meme of overpopulation and the BMGF remedies for quelling this problem. Nearly 20 years ago, the International Conference on Population and Development declared that universal education, reduction of infant births, protection of maternal mortality as the excuse to sterilize millions of women and purveying family planning as a cover for preventing the most densely populated areas from continuing to freely procreate uh, were the most effective course of action to ensure the depopulation agenda was successful. Now, and this link here too is the ICPD, beyond 2014, it's called, it's, all the links are on this page, offers a global consensus on the human populations as a policy to guide reproduction under the guidelines of social progress and environmental sustainability, because human beings are at the center of development. So, there you go. 
There's a whole bunch of links on this this page. I'll put them all tonight, the whole lot, at cuttingthroughmatrix.com. Back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix, talking about the big system that you've got nothing to do with because you've got all these agencies above you and NGO groups, non-governmental organizations, all private organizations running the show, it seems, and your governments are all in cahoots with them. It doesn't really uh, surprise anybody to listen to this particular broadcast often enough because I've gone through the history of the Royal Institute for International Affairs. It sounds awfully highfalutin and, and official, but it's actually a private organization that puts in the prime ministers and presidents across the whole planet. They've been doing it for a 100 years. They set up the United Nations, too. And all uh, the, the boys in it at the top, they, they belong. They also have their foundations that s- they supply all the billions of dollars to the NGOs. They're awfully well paid. They're great, great pension plans too. They do a lot of international travel and have big meetings and meals and stuff as they decide all of her fates. We don't vote for any of these people, you understand. This nonsense of democracy is a complete front and a farce. I hope you understand that. Now here's an article here. It's from a new website. It says, 170 nations, it says. At first it says, say no to the beyond GTB, GDBP. It says, gross domestic product. Because see, it's, it's gross domestic well-being that's in now. That was mentioned even in the Federal Reserve. The chairman mentioned that. And I mentioned that thing by Bloomberg the other day. His philanthropic organization is pushing gross well-being and doing surveys. Well, you're getting poor, but how do you feel about it? Well, I feel okay. Drugs are cheap. You know, that kind of stuff. But it says... 170 nations signed Article 40 of Agenda 21 in 1992, committing to go beyond GDP. And this transition is now being supported by, guess who? The World Economic Forum, private organization, the G20, private organization that all the leaders set up, that, that, that never mentioned the fact, never asked the public, do you mind if we join an international club to make decisions? The United Nations, the European Union, the Davos Group in Switzerland, the Club of Rome, the big think tank for the United Nations, the Occupy Group, World Social Forum and Zeitgeist. It says, biomass links to natural accounting and the new economics. This is the great transition I've been talking about. Natural accounting and the new economics. It's about holistic systems. This is how they term it. Endlessly renewable capitalism. Products can be made with renewables. People and nature are renewable. That's why they changed the terms from they used to have manpower. Now now you're a, a human resource. You're all part of the big system, this holistic system. Giving each component a financial value allows tight control of accountancy and risk by using complexity agent-based modeling or computer modeling. And it turns us into commodities. Just like the elite occupies both calling for a different kind of capitalism and for corporate social responsibility and, in line with the zeitgeist movement, the World Social Forum, it says, and the elite for a resource-based economy, putting prices on nature, people and concepts related to them. This is why, why were Occupy Group, the Occupy Wall Street and so on, invited to attend the, the, the OECD forum along with several other for the mainstream activists. That's the Overseas Economic um, uh, Thing for Development, Corporation for Development, private again under the United Nations and the IMF. 
So why did they allow the Occupy group in? It says, why was an Occupy activist calling for us all to work together at Davos, Switzerland, this, this year named the Great Transformation? That's where it came out of, the Great Transformation. These most uh, uh, involved in calling for, those most involved in calling for measuring natural capital are also calling for a new economic system. The most notable proponent here is George Soros with his Institute for New Economic Thinking called INET, which is now teamed up with the Oxford Martin College in the UK. INET is also involved with the future ICT project, which includes work on the planetary, the planetary nervous system, aggregates info from smart dust, guardian angels, mobile phones, computers, etc., etc. The Living Earth Simulator has to do with behavior prediction, thus including finances, economics, as well as social systems, that is complexity modeling. The Global Participatory uh, Platform, this is the Communitarian Participatory Democracy Platform, which will be council councils where councils will make decisions acting upon based on info received from artificial intelligence and complexity models and algorithms. So computers and so on with these guys at the top will be running your whole lives. Measuring natural capital requires deep surveillance and record keeping. The guardian angels could do this very well. Implantable types. And I've got links here to show you about the, 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 the different things that are going on in that area too. And it says here, Hunter Lovins, this is the guy who was the founder of Natural Capitalism. I've got links on it too, I'll put them all up tonight at cuttingforthematics.com. He says, we must move rapidly from words to action. If the 99% are to find a path to a future that is both just and sustainable, one important step will be to convene an international forum capable of forging agreement on the key principles and institutions for a new sustainable economic paradigm, a Bretton Woods Agreement for the 21st century. You understand what what the Bretton Woods Agreement was about. This is not at all ironic to refer to Bretton Woods here because the recent Bretton Woods 2 was a Soros, George Soros initiative calling for a new economic paradigm. The conference itself was called Paradigm Lost. Check out the selections on this website about economics for more info, but note that Amory Lovins, former husband of Hunter Lovins, both still working for the same cause, stands to gain substantially from measuring natural capital and most certainly from biomass, which is intended to fuel his hydrogen fuel cell-powered vehicles. So understand, you have a mountain, a mountain. This is only touching a little bit, this, this particular one website, with all the different associations they mentioned. They're all NGOs and private. They're all run, a mountain of private organizations run your lives. But they have a head at it. It's like a pyramid. There's definitely a head there. Because this agenda is a very, very old agenda, folks. And the last few generations, especially all through the 20th century, were all changed a little bit of a time, down, down through the last hundred odd years, to, to make us all accept it at this time. Because a hundred years ago, they would not have accepted this, you understand. But today, we've all been degenerated down to a point and, and brainwashed and mind-bombed that we will all accept this kind of stuff. We accept that we're being ruled. Remember what I mentioned before that the Club of Rome said that democracy would never work, but they'd always use the terms on the public. Oh, we're democratic. Must push for democracy. Democracy is a cover for, for a non-democratic institution, like the United Nations, for instance. So... This mountain here, and the Club of Rome said that, that um, you'd have to be an authoritarian type of society running the world. That's what your anti-terrorism is all about too. We've been taught to obey authority. 
They're using initial fear to start it off. And eventually they get fines and so on. Because, you know, they're putting up satellites. NASA's putting up satellites now. And these satellites have to monitor supposedly uh, global pollution right down to your home exuding heat. Guess where the taxes are going to come right down to you? They've got it all figured out. And everybody's sitting entertained watching their TV. But all this is going on. And technically, people in that state, when they've heard this, this kind of stuff, deserve what they get. They, they will deserve what they get. There's no doubt about it. You can't understand all this stuff and say, well, you know, so what? You, know, you deserve what you get down the road. But I'll put this link up tonight as well for those who are interested and can hold their attention span for more than two minutes. Because that's how bad it is now. They admit that the computers have changed the attention span down to a minuscule level. And most folk. And uh, here's another one. I mentioned modified trees. And I know that Monsanto was into them and other companies too. The GM tree plantations bred to satisfy the world's energy needs. An Israeli biotech firm says it's modified eucalyptus trees and can displace the fossil fuel industry. Well, it's a good boast. So GM and eucalyptus trees at five and a half years old, fully grown by then, to say, in a field trial, uh, in a field trial. This is a timber company's dream, but a horrific industrial vision for others. Massive plantations of densely planted GM eucalyptus trees stretching across Brazil, South Africa, Indonesia, and China, engineered to grow 40% faster for use as paper, pellets, and for power stations, and as fuel for cars. Their prospect is close, says Stanley Hirsch, chief executive of Israeli biotech company Futura Gene. All that's missing, he says, are permissions from governments for the trees to be grown commercially and backing from conservation groups and certification bodies. Now, why are conservation groups even involved in any of this stuff? Not that they should be doing this in the first place, but you understand we're not run by... Nothing's run by the people. Nothing. Nothing at all. Anyway... It says they've spent 11 years uh, trialing thousands of GM eucalyptuses and poplar trees in 100 hectare plots in Israel, China, and outside Sao Paulo in Brazil, and it's now at the last stages of the Brazilian regulatory process for commercial planting. Thanks to a gene taken from the common fast-growing uh, weed, it's got a weed here, Arabidopsis, it calls, Arabidopsis weed, the company has found a way to alter the structure of plant cell walls to simulate the natural growth process. God knows what else it will do to the rest of nature. That doesn't matter, though, does it? But remember, too, that Monsanto's also up, uh, I've read articles in the past, where they've got their big uh, reservations for their own little forests on the go as well. So, you understand, it's monopolization of everything on the planet, and eventually monopolize, they've already monopolized all your food. They monopolize a whole lot of it. It's one big monopoly. It doesn't matter if you're talking about the meat industry or, or the grain industry, they monopolize a whole lot of it, one group. And now they're going for everything else that you need to survive on this planet. So eventually it'd be a privilege to live under this great democracy, you know. <laughs> And and Britain, as they get put into more authoritarianism, of course, training us all the time that democracy is dead, for those who haven't quite got the message. It says, Anger's government plans for a new network of road tolls, police by cameras, is revealed. Morris will be expected to pay a new round of pay-as-you-drive charges under plans being drawn up by the government and councils, has been claimed. Proposals already exist for three new tolling schemes under which, like London's congestion charge, drivers will have to pay online and via their mobile phone. 
But ministers, well, you've got to have a computer or a phone then to drive, eh? But ministers plan to roll out more similar schemes according to a small print of a tender document uh, drawn up by the Highways Agency. And uh, the motoring groups criticize the decision as another front in the so-called war on the motorists. Well, it is. It's under Agenda 21. And Agenda 21, it says, and all your government leaders have signed it. And the next guys you vote and they'll sign it too because you see they're all the same people. But uh, they said that there'll be no uh, non-essential vehicles eventually on the roads. You see? What do you think that means? Oh, but they don't mean it for you, right? You're different. You're special. Also, the HSBC, big, big uh, bank in Britain, and the biggest, it says, um, drug dealers, gun runners, and Britain's biggest bank, it says. Britain's biggest bank is at the centre for a major uh, revenue and customs investigation after it opened offshore accounts in Jersey for serious criminals living in, in Britain. Offshore, in other words. The tax authorities have obtained details of every British client of the HSBC, and Jersey, after a whistleblower, secretly provided a detailed list of names, addresses, and account balances earlier this week. So the Telegraph understands amongst those identified in the list are Daniel Bayes, a drug dealer who is now in Venezuela, Michael Lee, who was convicted of possessing more than 300 weapons at his house in Devon, three bankers uh, facing major fraud allegations, and a man once dubbed London's number two computer crook. A series of other accounts containing six-figure deposits are also registered to modest addresses in relatively poor parts of the country. But it also says at the end of the article, too, a lot of important people up there have got their accounts in there as well. So supposedly, the, so they won't arrest them all. There'll be too, too many important people, obviously. They'll go for the ones on their lower totem pole. Now, there's a good article here, actually. I had to laugh at it myself. It says, Israel blazes a trail in clown therapy. And medical clowns from all over the world are heading to Israel for Congress to learn more about the country's unique model of clown therapy. And I thought, you know, this is Obamacare coming in, so I'll put that up under Obamacare because that's what you're going to get, folks. And then I knew this would come to do with, uh, out, out of this stuff to do with the Jimmy Savile and so on and the pedophilia. It's really clamped down and clamped down and clamped down. But says the Levison inquiry has momentous implications for free speech, but male dossier uh, raises disturbing questions about the influence of people who know best. Because it goes into common purpose. Apparently this common purpose, again, this private non-governmental organization that's got millions and millions of pounds thrown at it for some, from some strange source. That's got all the top uh, party members, members of it, members of the military are members of it. And they're all for a completely integrated Europe and the abolition of all all uh, ex-nations that belong to the EU. Complete abolition and destruction of the cultures. Uh, apparently, they're the ones who are going to start um, monitoring the media uh, to do with uh, uh, articles that aren't quite correct and so on. This is false allegations of paedophilia against an elderly Tory party grandee. I knew that was a setup, that one. Have led to the resignation of the Director General, the possible demise of the flagship Newsnight program and paying out of substantial libel charges and worst of all, perhaps a shattering blow to the BBC News' reputation for integrity. So all the real ones aren't even going to get looked into, understand. This is a great, great technique they're used here. It says, it says, how could this happen? It says, we don't know, but we do know that behind this farrago is the work of a self-regulating body which calls itself the Bureau of Investigative Journalism, the organization that took their McAlpin executive to the BBC and whose managing editor resigned at a gleefully tweeting about being ready to tune out a politician who was a paedophile. 
It says, in recent uh, submission to the Levinson Inquiry into the culture, practice and ethics of the press, the BIG declared that its output and editorial processes would be a master class, a gold standard for evidence-based journalism, journalism of an outstanding kind. That not it amazing? That ties right in with the law they passed in Australia just a few months back to do with journalists as well. You think it's all coincidence? Anyway, it mentions here that uh, the different people involved in this new oversight committee and so on. It says, at the centre of the story is an obscure but immensely well-connected member of Britain's liberal establishment, Sir David Bell, one of five BIG or J trustees. We'll see that the special mail investigation, Bell's campaign, which began almost a decade ago to control Britain's raucous popular press and in the meantime promote what he regarded as ethical journalism, has had momentous consequences. But guess what? Everybody who's mentioned in this, this oversight group, is a member of Common Purpose, this private organization again. This is more secretive than the Freemasons. No kidding, you know. They've broken every law in the book by even bringing on members of the military and into an NGO, which is illegal in Britain. But they're getting away with it, because a lot of top people are involved in it. And this Julia Middleton, who's head, and this, the one who supposedly started up Common Purpose, she's been getting all these top appointments for everything. This strange woman that's came out of nowhere uh, and has been heavily, heavily financed, and doors have opened everywhere for her. It says, one of Milton's great skills is to persuade police constables, youth groups, organizers, permanent secretaries, FTSC chief executives, and head teachers that they can learn from each other and could even cure some of the society's ills. However, almost all our meetings end up with a collective wail about the irresponsibility and excessive power of the media. So she heard us into Pearson's Art Deco Palace on the Strand in the hope that we would find an answer or two. Something may come of the proposals that were offered. Meanwhile, the discovery of the evening for me was that Pearson's executive washroom is unisex, naturally, a la Ali McBeal. What is Marjorie Scardino? It says that Pearson's personal chief executive thinking of. But anyway, this is all to do with the new system, and that's what uh, Middleton's all about, actually. Uh, the abolition of countries under this new super-Soviet system, advanced Soviet system. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. And sorry if that's kind of complex. I'm saying most folk get bits and bites now and, and, and they, they really can't follow longer articles it just loses them because that's their attention span again it just drifts off people have been trained like that now and they've been hammered with inoculations and the food too and everything else but the more they, they go into computer and so on the more minimalistic their speech gets and they can't convey long uh, articles to each other they just can't discuss it which the elite know themselves because they don't eat the same stuff as you and they don't get inoculations that you get either here's an article here too it's uh, Palestinians, uh, Palestinians were to seek the vote on United Nations membership by November 29th. Well, guess what happened the day after this was mentioned? It, that's all gone to the kibosh, obviously. But I did say that Israeli officials had um, threatened punitive measures if the Palestinian initiative goes ahead. Well, they certainly caused that. It's on the go right now, so that's that finished. 
And then this article too is about such a PR, such United Nations PR. Rich nations, rich nations are dismaying developing countries with pledges merely to continue aid to help them combat climate change in 2013, despite past promises of a tenfold surge of a hundred billion dollars a year by 2020. Did you get asked about that? If you wanted to donate to this, this mandatory charity. It says it should be a transparent process to scale up finance towards 2020, says Seno Nafo of Mali, spokesman for the 54-nation African group of the United Nations negotiations. The poor needed more than that, an indication that funding will not fall off a cliff, not or fall into pockets. A looming gap in aid pledges after 2010-12 fast start, fast start program, I should call it fast right enough, but it's a start, fast start program of 10 billions a year is a big source of tension before the United Nations talks in Qatar from November 26 to December 7, meant to review progress towards a deal to fight global warming due to 2015 are due by then. So they want more cash to help the poor nations fight global warming. You understand? They really care about the poor as they abort and sterilize them. I hope you understand what really goes on. Then this article is quite amazing too, because at first I thought, when I I saw the title to do with sex uh, uh, therapists and surrogates, I thought they were talking about women who would carry the eggs of somebody else, like it's a popular vogue to do apparently, so that the, the original woman could keep her shape while somebody else carries her child. And here you are, it says, sex therapists in South Florida say they're seeing an increased number of patients using sexual surrogates to overcome intimacy and performance problems. It's a new term for prostitutes. They're actually sexual surrogates, and they're therapists at the same time. So a sex surrogate is a licensed counsellor who works with single people suffering from sexual problems to overcome their issues, often by serving as a surrogate to allow them to practice overcoming the sexual issue they're trying to overcome. I wonder where you get qualified for that one. Is it university now? Or where do you get it? Where do you get your ticket? It's, it's a taboo topic, but it shouldn't be, said Miami sex therapist Dr. Sonja Kenya. <laughs> the controversial therapy uses using sex surrogates is in the national spotlight, and there is a new movie heading to theatres on the issue. Oh, that will really launch it, a new movie on prostitution. Right? The Sessions, which opens this month in South Florida Theatre, chronicles the story of a disabled man who enlists the services of a sexual surrogate to learn how to be intimate with a sex partner despite his physical limitations. Well, you can hire a hooker anywhere you want. Why give him a fancy name? This is going to up their fees. Well, from Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God, or your gods go with you.